And to be honest, I'm not typically a person who, who likes to pause, nor do I typically reflect much on the past. In some ways, I think we're all like that. Uh, even, if those, even for those of us who like to pause and reflect, we just really get so busy and swept up into the next thing that we don't take the time to process what has happened, especially in traumatic seasons like we're experiencing. So we hope this will be very helpful for everyone, whether you are a Jesus follower or not. And part of the reason that we are taking time to process this is because we see that Jesus did the same thing. In fact, one time Jesus' friend was very sick, and Jesus eventually traveled to help him. However, Jesus took too long, and his friend died. And when Jesus arrived, the sisters of his friend came out to meet him and basically told Jesus that he was too late, their brother was already dead. And Jesus meets them in their grief and their pain. And Jesus goes to the tomb, and in the moment when Jesus sees the sister weeping, Here's how Jesus responds in John chapter 11. Jesus wept. Now, this is the shortest verse in the Bible, but it's also one of the most powerful. Because in this verse, we see Jesus is with those who are grieving and mourning. And he too is grieving and mourning. And hopefully, through our time together today, we can see Jesus is with us as well. And the other powerful thing about this verse, and, and really this story, is that this mourning and grieving was not the end of the story. And it doesn't have to be the end of our story either. Now, if you're curious about Jesus or unsure what to believe, uh, fair warning, this next part is important and difficult. John actually tells us that Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. Now, whether or not you believe Jesus actually did that, Jesus paused long enough to sit and experience the pain and the grief of Lazarus' sisters and those mourning his death. And this story points to something that is helpful for us Americans to understand in our current situation, that God is present in chaos and in trauma. And many of us tend to think that chaos and trauma are sort of indicators that God is not present in those moments. And yet throughout history, Jesus' followers have faced incredible persecution and mistreatment, all while remaining steadfast in their belief that God is present in those trying situations. Archbishop Desmond Tutu said this, Our God is an expert at dealing with chaos, with brokenness, with all the worst that we can imagine. God created order out of disorder, cosmos out of chaos, and God can do so always. God can do so now in our personal lives, in our lives as nations, globally. Indeed, God is transforming the world now through us because God loves us. And so this first segment is looking to God. And we're going to do this first because God really is our source of life and everything. And without looking to God first, we will try to deal with all this trauma, pain, and grief on our own, which we aren't able to do. And God is the one who can help prepare our hearts and help us process all that we've experienced. Also, while on this earth, Jesus invited us to pray, to talk to, and to sort of address God as our Heavenly Father because He cares about us just like a perfect father cares about his kids. And so we can look to God especially in these troubling moments. And even if you are not a Jesus follower, I think these moments naturally sort of push us to look up and to look out. Is there something bigger or someone bigger out there? Is there a supreme being? And you can use this time to reflect on that or maybe take a few moments to just pause and relax. Because you can belong here with us before you ever believe like us. So here's a reading adapted from Time of Widespread Suffering by Douglas McKelvey. Christ our King, our world is overtaken by unexpected calamity and by a host of attending fears, worries, and insecurities. We witness suffering, confusion, and hardship multiplied around us. And we find ourselves swept up in these same anxieties and troubles, dismayed by so many uncertainties. Now we turn to you, O God, in this season of our common distress. Be merciful, O Christ, to those who suffer, 
to those who worry, to those who grieve, to those who are threatened or harmed in any way by this upheaval. Use even these hardships to woo our hearts nearer to you, O God. We are your people who are called by you. You have not left us helpless, O Lord, because you have not left us at all. Your spirit remains among us. Let us share in other people's suffering like you shared in our suffering. May we extend mercy and grace to others as you have extended mercy and grace to us. The second segment is acknowledging the impact of these past 18 months. And while none of us want to be worse off after going through a pandemic, the reality is that many of us will be if we don't take this step to acknowledge how this, how this pandemic has affected us, not only us, but also those around us. And acknowledging this impact helps our minds begin to process and not only leads us to a healthier place mentally and emotionally, but also this is an important step to help us make positive changes as a result of this adversity. So individually and collectively, we're gonna acknowledge the impact this has had on us. We'll start with collectively and move to individually. And as we go through these categories, you are welcome to speak up or sort of put your name in the situation or in the chat. As a church, we have had two ladies pass away, not from COVID, but we were not able to spend time acknowledging their passing. Have you had any family members or friends pass away, but due to the pandemic, you were not able to acknowledge that loss in your life? Our nation has had thousands get sick from COVID with hundreds of thousands dying so far. We've had seven families move away to new locations during COVID, uh, some in part due to the pandemic and others very closely related to the pandemic. Have you had any friends or neighbors move away in the past 18 months who you didn't feel like you were properly able to acknowledge that loss? Uh, people have had their jobs slashed or lost completely, leaving families wondering how they would survive. We've missed family time, celebrating holidays, birthdays, uh, missing first steps, missing next steps to growing up, or just not being able to be there in times of need. We have found that our different responses to this pandemic have created division and conflict for many of our families. And then politics in general in this season has also led to much conflict, strife, stress, and heartache. And while acknowledging the impact of this season on us adults, is sort of fairly easy, our kids have been greatly impacted as well. We have children who have lost at least part of their childhood from this new stress, the, the extra stress in their families, and also dealing with previously unfamiliar health regulations, uh, isolation from friends and kids of their own age, and add to that the fear and anxiety of realizing the frailty of life, as well as other friends moving away and not gathering to celebrate birthdays or other special occasions. Now, we want to acknowledge the accomplishments, though, of our kids in learning and adapting to online school. And we also want to acknowledge the graduations of some of our students since the pandemic. We have several students who graduated from college with their bachelor's degree. We have a, a woman who graduated with their master's degree and is working on a, a doctorate now. Um, we have a couple students who graduated from high school these last couple years, and some are started college last year and some are starting college this week. Uh, many students get, didn't get to recognize or didn't get recognized for their graduations but they also missed out on social gatherings and other important events with friends. And so we also want to acknowledge the pain of so many people. Uh, essential workers became a group of people that we all learned to appreciate and remember how essential they really are to our lives. And they faced incredible risk and exhaustion all while serving us. And unfortunately, many times we underappreciated them. Uh, we also experienced pain through significant, various significant social issues. 
our country came face to face with racism once again, particularly with systemic racism against black people. We also saw the rise in Asian hate, or at least more attention given to it. We've experienced division along many lines, politically, geographically, ethnically, economically, and on and on, especially through social media. We've seen people suffer from several natural disasters, as well as this week, we saw the heartbreaking scenes unfolding in Afghanistan. We have seen refugees fleeing countries with violence and loss of basic human rights. We do want to acknowledge, though, some of the positives from this past year and a half. We've had two weddings in our church with various different people getting married. Uh, we've had kids born to families connected to our church. And many of you have volunteered to serve our community during this season, whether that was making and donating hundreds of masks and face shield parts at the beginning of the pandemic, assembling 15 bikes and making 15 blankets for kids in need, welcoming almost 500 kids during our drive through events for Halloween and for Easter, editing over 45 hours of video, donating almost one ton of food for our local food pantry, supporting one sister church with Church Online during the transition. And on top of that, you generously gave away over $30,000 to others. We also had an Eagle Scout do his service project to benefit our campus by building two picnic tables to help us safely meet outside. And we also have a new tenant on campus, which is a school called Tessellations. Uh, Grace is the head of the school, and he and his team are responsible for many of the amazing improvements and renovations on our campus, particularly the outdoor spaces. We're looking forward to the new opportunities for our communities to interact together, hopefully in the near future. So as we acknowledge the impact of this pandemic on us, we have some reflection questions for you to consider uh, so first off, what is the greatest loss you experienced during the pandemic? What is the greatest gain you experienced during the pandemic? And what are you learning about yourself and about God during this pandemic? This third, third segment is about moving forward. Uh, we sort of know how experiencing pain can help us move forward because when we experience pain, we can be more sympathetic, uh, more empathetic, and more compassionate Jesus followers particularly as we become more conscious and aware of other people's pain and suffering. However, it can be hard to know where to start in our response to tragedy, suffering, and pain, especially when it seems insurmountable. Like, how do you move a mountain? And while it's cliched, it's by moving one stone at a time. And for those of us who put our faith in Jesus, this is putting our faith into action, even when it seems like small action. But faith without action is rather worthless. And yet recently, knowing what action to take has been very challenging, especially when helping people means staying away from them, and not just that, but staying home for the most part. And so what can we do? Uh, maybe you need to let go of something that is getting in your way. Maybe that's fear, the illusion of control, your future, uh, the level of security you want. Maybe it's your anger. I don't know what you might need to let go, but I would encourage you to find a decent sized rock today and write with a marker what that thing is that you need to let go of. And then find a place that you can bury that in the ground or in a flower bed. And as you cover it up with soil, let go of that thing and let God take care of it. Uh, maybe some of you need some more time reflection to sort of help you move forward. We have some helpful writings that God might use to help guide your reflections and help you move forward. So head to the link on the screen. Uh, maybe you need to spend this next song uh, walking around your house or your yard asking God to heal your heart and soul, to give you wisdom to know what to do with what you have experienced, 
to help you take action to help others, uh, sort of looking beyond yourself to serve them. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, allowing us this time to pause and reflect and to process all that's happened this last 18 months. And for some of us, this is not going to just be a one, one day or one occurrence. We're going to need to take multiple sessions to do this. But God, thank you that you sort of led the way by showing us that it's okay to process the grief and, the, and to mourn and, to, and to, to be sad. But God, you also don't want to leave us there. That you came to bring us to a place where we can move forward out of that. And sort of with that in some senses. And so God, would you please be with us now in our grief and in our mourning, in our processing of all that's happened, and all the loss and the pain and the tragedy that, that maybe we've experienced, but also that we've seen other people experience. God, would you help us to know how to process this better and help us to, to sort of identify the way forward? Would you help us not to stay where we are? Would you help us to take steps forward, not just for ourselves, but for other people, so that we can help other people in relating to them and empathizing with them, and loving and caring for them. God, we need you. This season has taught us that, if nothing else. So God, we look to you and we ask for your help. Would you please guide and direct us in this next season as we recover, as we heal, as we move forward, only with your help. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.